It is just past 18 hours, 31 minutes and 20 seconds, East African time. Time for John Sibi Okumu on Wednesday. This being Wednesday, the 14th of June, 2023. Hamjambo na Hello and welcome. The hashtag for this edition will be Kenya at 60, advertising. So, to define our terms, it serves to share an understanding of what advertising is. Well, here goes. Advertising is a form of communication that aims to promote a product, service, idea, or brand by informing, influencing, and persuading a target audience. The primary goal of advertising is to attract attention, generate interest, and ultimately drive consumer behavior, for example, through increasing product sales, brand awareness, or customer engagement. I can take it utterly for granted that from professional experience, my guest, a mystery until just before the end, as usual, is well aware of that definition. And much more besides. Let's first hear responses to the question, does advertising influence what you choose to buy? J. Matangazo ya kibiashara inadhiri unachochagua kununua. Yes, advertising does influence what I buy. I'm a person who tends to appreciate effort. So you don't just sit there and wait that I'll come, but I appreciate that person who puts in effort to sell whatever they're selling. Yes, because I'll know that the product exists and, and maybe I'll do some more research about it. Yeah, sometimes vitu zenye huwa zina advertise huwa ziko poor because you can order something, then you get high poor pia. And I'm going to stop using whatever it is that I'm using and I'll go for that certain product to try it references the brand of the product that I end up buying. But first of all, I must have uh, thought about buying something. So what advertising will come in, it will just help me uh, choose the right brand because then I know the unique selling points of that particular uh, uh, brand. We tend to have an unusual tendency of making sure that we purchase what we see and be part of the brand and fit in into the society. If no one told me, I wouldn't have bought. But now that it's on my face, I will buy because it's constant uh, put to me. If I've seen repeated adverts of this thing or wherever they're posting that I'm available, but when I need the thing, for example, when I need medicine and I can't leave the house, the first thing I'll think of is the advert that I saw. So I'll try that service just to see if at all it's a good service. Advertising creates desire and motivates us to purchase products and services. It creates a sense of need, highlights the benefits, and convinces us that we'll be better off. Dada, comments on the comments, please. Well, I mean, I think a lot of what is being said is not surprising to me, simply because um, the world we live in today um, we're in a very high consumerism type of um, an environment. So what you find is that what people see and whatever they're told, there's two things that happen. Either it drives a, a desire to have it or it, uh, you know, it brings out a desire 
to be whatever is being shown in that advertising. And that's a part of the way advertising is moving now, more around influence, not just the selling aspect. So would you agree with every comment that was made? You wouldn't challenge any of them. I think what I would challenge is um, when people, like the, the conversation, the, the lady who said when it's advertised, ni poor. Not everything that's advertised is poor. And I guess that's where some of the standards have to come into play. Because the assumption that it is poor, so it means uh, I've seen it, it's going to be there, and I'm, you know, without that proof of purchase. And that's where I think there's a, a bit of a confusion between um, the advertising gives me the awareness and tells me some things that it might be. But I think the leap that we need to transition to is a faith that um, just because it's advertised and it looks like Nipoa, even when I get it, it will be poor. You know something rather weird preparing for this uh, episode? I was wondering, my knowledge of Kiswahili, whether there was in fact a word for advertising but um, the Guijis, uh, the Matalamu in this office said Matangazo um, Yakibiashara announcements for business and um, I asked myself Dada whether one thing's for sure there's a there's a there's an age difference uh, uh, between us I'm older than you can you I hope so. can you um, remember when you first became aware that there was such a thing as advertising as a young girl? What did you see, and how did it influence you? I think the first bit of advertising. I mean, when I look at the history of ad- advertising. I remember the very simple ads that came up. And, and I think when I look back now, they're probably not necessarily kosher kosher <laughs> things to speak about. Because remember, as, as a teenager, mm. one of the most um, powerful ads was for a brand called Clear Tone. Right. And I don't know if you recall, there used to be an ad that had this incredibly beautiful face with just a single mole on one cheek. And she was completely close up to you. And she said, look at this face. Come a little closer. Yes. Now look at that skin. Yes. Not bad, huh? Yes. I mean, I still remember the words of that 40 years later. So there is an incredible power in a I way. Think, to I'll think, I'll tell you what. Yeah. I think we might have a legal suit here because I think you were thinking about the campaign for Ambi Extra. Was it Ambi? Was Ambi, it clear to Ambi, Ambi Extra. Come, take a look at this skin. Doesn't it look Come cool? Come a little closer. Huh? No, it was the way it was done. Right. And some when I was listening to some of those uh, Vox boxes, mm. I was sitting there thinking, that is where the real power of advertising really is. And when I r- reflect on some of the old ads, because they spoke to you, me, right, me. Right, right. And they were very simple. They said, what is? And what you're finding now the world in many ways, on my own reflection, is starting to evolve back to that space because when you look at advertising now, it's around influence, right? And those old ads actually were influencing you. The second big ad I remember as close up. Anybody remember those original 
of that generation, many years ago, those close-up ads, there were films. For Toothpaste was that. There were, there were films. Right. So an ad for you was an entertainment, which is what now influencers do for us. We watch them going here to this hotel and they turn and they say, it's beautiful, look at the covers and look at the food. So it's a story in a different way. So in the past, we had to watch it because it was prime prepped, production values all in place. And the close-up ad of that guy who wanted the girl and he'd go close to her and she'd be like, oh, and walk away and run. And then he'd be a close-up comes to the rescue and he brushes and he gets the girl. But it was a whole, you know, it was a, a sequel. It was a story. Yeah. So that, I think, is probably what we're coming back to now when I think of the old advertising, when I listen to some of those comments around, it's no longer do this, does this, da, 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 buy, finish with slogan now. No. The conversations and the vox boxes I was hearing is that people are talking about, you know, it tells me what we are and na, na, na. So you could hear a bit of um, a story, a selling story, not just a telling story. You know, again, with things like advertising on so many topics that we discuss here, there's the idea that there was something which was quintessentially African from the word go and that we always had our own ways of doing things. Mm. This is sort of leitmotif, a recurring theme. We had our own way of doing things. Mm. Is the notion of advertising, trumpeting one's goods alien to our culture? Um, yes and no. And okay, why do I say that? It is not alien because I would imagine, and when I look at the history that we did, and you're a Mwalimu, you can mm. probably um, reflect on some of those things. Um, advertising was different. I mean, there was a selling advertising. If um, a family had a beautiful girl or a, they had a wonderful son, they had ways of letting the other family know Right? Right. That this this union was possible. Yes. Which is in a way a form of advertising, isn't it? I take it yes, take it entirely, yes. Yes. So so But you're it, talking now of a more social construct where you're saying yes. what we can share amongst ourselves as a community yes. as opposed to a bigger society, the idea of a nation, a country, where you're thinking what can we sell to the whole world? But but then you didn't have the opportunity to do that. Right. Yeah. So you you know, there wasn't the, the, the media and the mediums to make it to amplify it. But having said that, whatever you say, the fact that artifacts, salt, um, spices move from one country to another, that was a form of the advertising. It was real sell at that particular time. So I take it to you. And in taking it to you and selling the values of it, it was direct selling, direct marketing, rather, as opposed to, to advertising. So, yes, in that form, it did exist. So what happened with the, you know, with the communication forms and the medias coming in, radio, television? Then that's when the Western aspects came of packaging it and right. making it a lot more, you know, structured and, and real telling and, you know, really contrived I'd expect but I could say. imagine that before yeah. independence I could imagine that if there were radio stations which there were mm. uh, nothing was actually geared to the native the advertising wasn't for us no no no, no. unless it was uh, telling you so don't, I, don't, don't I, leave your house at six yes yes you know that, yeah. that, that's a different form of communication yes. um, but no probably not and um, a lot of the ads at time as you can imagine um, again didn't have locals 
Yeah. Who featured in them in any uh, shape? Yes. yes. No. 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 Right. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a long and um, enjoyable conversation, but we have to take a break. <laughs> Thank you. Our first break. Dada, um, let's stick with history for a while. This retrospective, this notion of looking back all those 60 years of our independence. Again, I, from personal experience, do you see any milestones across the decades before I, I quiz you in slightly more detail? Um, what are the big milestones? I think... Um, First of all, if you look at the way the mediums have worked, we started with um, radio being very predominant and, you know, radio was the stories and everything else and a lot of TV. Um, I remember, in fact, when you look at um, in, in Kenya, I mean, there was always the divide. There was the urban versus the rural. If you look at the urban, yes, they had the access to the television and the ads that came through that. They had access to newspapers and, and magazines. Do you remember all the big magazines of those time? Drum and True Love and, and all those, which were big mediums for advertising. Uh, and that's where you put your, your communication pieces there. Now that you mention, the, sorry, sorry, yeah. now that you mention urban versus rural, yeah. would you say that there was a, a discernible dumbing down talking down to the one ain't she? Yes. Uh, it, deliberately. I don't, I don't even think people recognize that they were talking down. So, so I'll give you a bit of context why I say that. If you looked at all the companies that could afford to do advertising in that generation in the past, they probably all had expatriate marketing directors and marketing teams. And so the nuance of local versus foreigner was never there. So there wasn't that even sensitivity that this language is a little bit patronizing, maybe a little bit condescending, because they were, they were you know, they would write copy in light of their eyes of the way they see things, right? But when I was talking about urban rural, the other big thing you, is you find that in the urban areas, yes, the ads you'd see, are you know had to be shorter there was a lot more awareness and everything else but rural the only ad you'd get to access was what you'd see through um i don't know if you recall the van that used to come pearl and dean actually was a company that used to do it yes, and indeed. they'd go out in the rural areas and you'd watch these movies on on a truck that would come and the whole village knew the truck and there was a there was a program that everybody knew at this particular time the truck is coming for us to all watch the movies. And a big part was not just the movie, not just the Bruce Lee movie that was going to be showing, but also it was the ads. And the advertising had to be epic. Yeah, there had to be these big stories which were told and, you know, they're almost part of the movie themselves. And it's the same thing, if you recall, even at that time when you went to Kenya cinema or Nairobi cinema, you had to bear what... 10, 15 minutes of advertising in each particular break and each of them were done like a film. Yes, so, indeed. So it was a very different mode of communication and, and, and selling. Um, and that's why Sedan say, it, when I reflect, I think it's almost like we've done a full circle because then we went to shorter bits, clips, 30 second, one second, you know, 
print, this, outdoor and everything else. And then people got jaded. And then social media came in, digital came in. And now influencers are the big thing. And we've gone back to somebody telling the story of why this product without necessarily showing it to you. Can yeah, you go but back a different to, one. Uh, yes, yeah. indeed. We'll come back to that maybe yeah. towards the end about the idea of just how the world technology has changed things. Yeah. But I'm going back to the idea. I mean, I have voiced a couple of ads myself in my day and I still continue to do so. Yes. Dada, this whole nation, where did it come from that you had to have a 15 seconds, 30 seconds, 45 seconds, and you were really pushing it if you went to 60? Who, who was guiding that whole process? It's both. <laughs> I mean, I, I, would, I would like to say it's both the people who are going to to um, flight it because they're commercial, they're a business, they needed to make money out of it. Yes. And so they had to segment it so they can price it. But there was also a degree of sitting down and saying, how much can a consumer consume in so long? Right. So right. I think there was a symbiotism to it. I am a person, I run a station, I, read, I run a medium um, where these things are flighted. And so I need to make money. So I tell you, these are for this segment. This is it. This is because I have other things anyway that I'm flighting. But then at the same time, there was the element where you sit down and ask as a consumer, how much um, can I see? How much am I going to take out? And it's not going to be one in a segment of ads. I mean, if I <laughs> listen to three minutes, I'm bored. I mean, you know, even at that time, people would be bored after three minutes of some ad, right? Um, so it, it's a combination of both, I think. Okay, there's capitalism coming in. Again, mm. talking about myself, I yeah. remember presenting a, pro a program called The Summit, which was sort of face-to-face um, -face interviews, one-on-one -on -one with the great and good. Yes. And the idea that uh, people were jostling, as the more it became popular, the more people wanted to have the ad just before the program yes. or in the middle. Yeah. And uh, we're talking about the whole idea of pricing. Yes. Uh, we've just said we've got to tell people, yes. I need to know what kind of aspirin to buy. Yes. But there's a sort of, um, there's a, a pack of hyenas there yeah. with more money than the rest yeah. who are paying more money yes. to get their ad uh, prime positioning. Yes. Again, is that something that you'd comment on? I mean, you could, you could sort of say, you could sort of mother to raise a bit and say, you know, why that's not? Reality. Why, that's reality. That's yeah, reality. We have to accept that. Yeah, because if, if if you're running a business, I mean, it's not a charity. You know, you, you've got a business. You, you've got to, you have to find the commercial ways to make it work for you. And that's how some of those things started to, to evolve. Um, what segments you do. And in a way, I would sit down and say, um, it also benefited, I guess, also the people who it was being advertised to. Because at the end of the day, um, how much can you see in a particular time? Because if you let it be free for all, imagine just because somebody can pay and I only have three minutes of advertising, I'm just going to listen to three minutes of you. What about everybody else who I could listen to? So, But I was you know. suggesting that some people were prepared to pay more than others and get ahead of, ahead of the queue. Oh, but that you have to, again, yes. because we've got that same three minutes and we right. recognize but the science of it is very clear. The science then of the well, beginning it, and towards the end is why. So you in the middle, you might be caught up as you, you know. Yeah. The but the Mzungu, they've got the Super Bowl on mm. and apparently these guys are playing football mm -hmm. and one ad, uh, you know, with somebody sort of tri tripping, uh, showing bits of flesh in the yes. middle of the thing. 
it costs you know billions of dollars. Yes, but it's ludicrous because the product which is being advertised. Yeah. You could argue that all of this for a bottle of beer, around a bottle of beer. But here is the thing. I mean, yeah. the commercial's not around that as well. There's also the commercials around how many people are going to see it. Super Bowl is a different ball game. Right. It's an because, alien concept, but yes. Yeah, it it is a different ball game because by the time you're getting an ad on that, boy, it had better be brilliant and absolutely impactful because you have just that amount of time for people yeah, but I'll to, come back to remember to it. I'll come back but to you. But for the, us... The, 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 the modernity of it. You mm. know, when Boys to Men came the other day yeah. and they were to perform for us, first of all, you know, very expensive <laughs> tickets, things went they well. They sold out. They sold out. Yeah. So they, they had no need for... And the point that I'm making here is that the product in itself can be of such worth that it needs no advertising Yo-Yo Ma doesn't need advertising. Oh, so the, 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 the blanket thing, the elephant in the room, yes. is that you are actually uh, goading people into a way of conduct that to, 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 to keep up with the Kamaos and the Otienos and the Mohammeds. So here is the thing. They wouldn't, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't deal with it. So here is the thing. I think it's because if you think advertising is that thing I put for you, in some TV ad, whatever, and I tell you, do this, buy this because it's great for you. This shirt, best fit, best fabric, doesn't allow sweat and all that. That That is not, that is the old advertising style. So when you say nothing needs advertising, actually everything needs advertising in a way, if we use a broader term advertising, because how in the world is anybody going to know that JSO, a.k.a. Mwalimu, has this particular show at this particular time. It doesn't matter how great, oh, we all know you're great, you have a great... How are they going to know? There has to be a different way of letting people know that this show exists and for people to listen. It doesn't matter how popular you are. Advertising will always exist. Now, what you need to unpack is what you mean by advertising. If you think the advertising of somebody has written a copy and a script somewhere and plonked to put a picture with a face and a slogan, that's not what we mean. The act of creating awareness for anything is actually advertising. The act of talking to people and saying, I'm going to be on this show, even on a social media post, that is advertising. The act of having a hashtag, which you tell people, listen, when you talk about anything and great things as you listen, please put hashtag advertising um, Kenya at, at, at Kenya 60. Kenya at 60 advertising. Just stick it there. That is advertising. So the whole concept we understood of advertising in the past has moved. Or rather, I'd rather to I'd rather put it differently and say remove advertising paradigms that existed work on the assumption or, or let's use a concept that I need people to be made aware of something. How do I do it? And the how is what we call advertising now. Okay, I'll take that on board as, as, as a progression, but let's still go backward in time because we're talking about this idea of is it therefore culture specific mm -hmm. or is it being imposed by a predominant culture ex elsewhere? So, in other words, over the years, mm -hmm. is our advertising 
our advertising mm-hmm. or is our advertising their advertising? I don't know whether I've put that in okay, good I'll, English. I'll be honest with you. Mm. There's never going to be our anymore or their advertising simply because the world has become one. The day, you know, this thing called, <laughs> you know, internet, digital came into play, we stopped having boundaries. So there's nothing there and there's nothing ours. Everything has become one big melting pot. The only thing that you do is you adapt it to make it relevant to who we are. So if you look at um, Kenyans on Twitter. Yes. Most popular, K-O-T, can make you or break you. That concept wasn't ours, right? I mean, Twitter is not something we brought. It's something that came here. But look at the power it has. So in the, in answer, the messaging and what it does in our market, we've adapted it as Kenyans on Twitter to make it work for us, for good or for bad. Would you suggest the manner in which we've adapted it? Uh, we've but, adapted uh, maybe, it. Yeah. We adapted in that we have figured the power of it. We've adapted it because we recognize through it we can drive a lot of influence. And I keep saying for good or for bad, right? If I want to advertise anything today, if I want to say JSO is a great person and I have a great following and I right. put it on my Twitter handle, right. you'll become a great person. Oh, my goodness. And it works the other way around as well. <laughs> I should have asked you earlier. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it works the other way as well. Right. So that is the principle that I'm saying you adapt it. You take things now because the world is no longer, there are no will, lines. Will we, out, out of nationalism, out of a sense of African, will we have a... A role to play or is this another instance of you know like on the world wide web content from Africa oh, no, we will is three percent three percent indeed now if you look at what's happening it has equalized everything yes. the platforms have equalized because now there's no barrier per se yes. of production value this that and whatever everybody I can create and I can do this afternoon I was at a black YouTube event where they were speaking to creators, black uh, creators from this market. And everybody now is becoming equalized. You're being given the same tools and skills. So suddenly you could become exactly like anybody else in the world by creating content then. And because you're African, black or whatever it is, it means you're going to create stuff that is relevant to you and your community. So I think we are starting to equalize from that perspective. Thank you very much. It's um, 18 hours, 59 minutes and 15 seconds with KCB Bank, the official financial partner of the 2023 WRC Safari Rally from the 22nd to the 25th of June in Naivasha. Dial star 844-HASH today and get the Lipana KCB till 522 533 to receive payments for free. Feel the roar with KCB Bank. For people, for better, regulated by the Central Bank of Kenya. Time for a break. Dada, now we have to move on. I'm 
what could we call this? Um, beefs, uh, philosophizing, mythologizing. Let me um, seek your view on some things. Over the years, this idea that whenever there was a campaign, an advertising campaign, you could have a formula, and it was basically a campaign which had run in Australia, Paris, New York, five years before that, the creative directors engaged here at huge price and remuneration simply ran what they knew um, for a gullible market and made their millions because nobody knew better. <laughs> Would you comment? <laughs> it's not the As first I time said, you've heard that. Uh, and, and this is why I said... Imitation. Imitation. And that is what happened, you know, because we sat here, you know, and uh, these guys came and there was this sense that this is a creative world. They have a lot more exposure and experience. And, you know, that's what they're bringing out here. By the way, there's still elements of that to some extent here. But what you find and what is breaking that is the fact that um, there's a lot more demand for us. There's a lot more awareness. There's a lot more sense of give me something that is ours. You know, the the, the, the wokeness of uh, consumers is a lot more real now. And people want to see stuff that is relating to me and where I'm at and where I'm situated. So, yes, those things would happen. You get an ad and you see clips and you go. And you see, you couldn't even um, really um, know as much because there wasn't you know the the opportunity for you to see these things the internet wasn't there then now somebody shows you something you google and you can say hey that looks like something i've seen somewhere else why are you regurgitating something that's an ad from somewhere else you can't do that then and that was an opportunity that presented itself at that time but when i look at the positiveness of it is that it allowed a lot of um training of the locals here because if you came and you did something here whether you borrowed stole or built on whatever it is you did you still need a local talent to support it and that local talent looked saw and learned and were able then to evolve to become the next generation so i think for me that's a proposition for me and if anybody one of the things one of my legacy things is to try and really develop even more local creative the whole notion of in integrity other professions i guess if you go to a, a doctor one is the, the assumption is that what they're prescribing for you by writing things down and putting their signature to it is the best possible thing that you could get do advertisers given their skill to propagate messages do they ever depart from an ethical moralistic standpoint or if I come to you and say, uh, this is the local brew that we're producing in my village, mm -hmm. uh, it gets people completely inebriated mm -hmm. in uh, about two seconds flat, mm. uh, sell it and say, if you want to have a high, you know, Ugagugu is for you. And I say, how much are you going to pay me? And you say, well, when we run a campaign such as this, if you pay us, and you're off. So in other words, you don't care. <laughs> No, you, you don't can't. care what you advertise. Unfortunately, you can't because there are standards that exist. 
Oh. Yeah. So um, many years ago, we did create an advertising standard, even though it is informal. There's still sectors which are very clear in terms of the standards and 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 uh, categories or, or sectors so who have that da, standard. Da, 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 yeah. We have the Kenya Bureau of Standards. No, no, no. I, and I and and, and you know they're meant to regulate the kind of. I'm not uh, going to co- comment on that one would, because well, I'm not. Well, able, the thing is, this, we're meant to be having you so know, forthright conversations. So, yes. So let so, me put yeah. it this way. Right. If you, for example, put something out there which is not true, you're going to be called out. Unfortunately, or fortunately, today you don't have the same gullibility. Yeah. Because everybody is aware and they see what happens. In, in fact, I would put you to, to the test. Go and put an ad now, a little one that says, you know, you, you have something that is going to grow your hair um, in one week. Try, try it. Because, you know, that's the same premise you're using. You yes. know, because, you know, you figure you can and you're going to sell a few bits. After three, four, five people have bought that thing, tried it. Let me tell you, they're going to run you out of this town. Because they're going to do the same counter ad saying, how could you dare put out that ad and you know it is not true and everything else. And before you know it, you know, the um, the consumer court has become a lot more vocal and has a lot more power. So I don't think um, the ability to do some of those things, you get away. You, you're going to get away with it now. So that you would say yeah. um, unequivocally, that the copy and the messages that we do receive through advertising yes. is intrinsically correct. Generally, I can't vouch for every single small consumer, whatever. So one of the Vox boxes, a girl, one of the girls sat down and said, oh, because I saw it. And part of the reason when I think I keep leaning on that point, you know, Nikiona na Joe um, that is a fallacy the only poorness of it is that you you have seen it looks and you know it's going to be there a lot of times how many times do people uh, from an ad or from something that shows um, my the, some of the best ad, well social posts and things that I like to look is what what was advertised versus what I got <laughs> yes okay <laughs> and so you're very easily and very quickly called out now. I think your your runway to get away with some of those con um, or things that aren't true is a little bit short. And sure, you can have all people giving 30 days back, you know, please, you know, we have all these people. We're really sorry. It must be only you. But your runway after a while can build up a lot more. And, and you know, I think that's where the, the check and balance exists now in the market. May I turn to gender? Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea of, um, again, not the sort of intricacies of, you know, sexuality and orientation, but just gender in the terms of male versus female. Mm-hmm. Uh, those who identify as being male, masculine, and those who identify as being female or feminine. Mm-hmm. And I would say to you that over the years, over the past 60 years, Dada, mm-hmm. our aspirational desire mm-hmm. is to be like mzungus so that when i 
so that when I look at when I look at any ads in the nation, the women. Let's start off with women. <laughs> the women that I see there, uh, and uh, are, they they were a great predilection for for wigs, uh, a great predilection for basically not looking like the people I'm encountering in the street. Says and who? you and you guys. Well, I I say that. I mean, we're not going to sort of have a that, quiz. I'm trying to say aspirationally, mm-hmm. we're trying to look like somebody else. And you'd say that isn't the case. I'd put it to you. It also works the adverse. If you look at one of the most popular things that happens now in terms of face and advertising, is people you know um, doing their lips. Right? Um, what do you call? Bring an uh, earring. Um, no, no, no. Um, uh, come on. Uh, not Botox. Um, fillers for your lips so that you have fuller lips. Right. Fuller lips are African. Correct? Okay. But it's the biggest thing that people are doing. They want Dad, to have these I'm, fuller Dad, lips. Dad, I'm looking more so to... Works, I'm, Dad, I'm so looking it works more, both I'm, Dad, ways. I'm looking more to the faces, yes. the personages yes. in the ads. Those are not Kenyan models. They're not Kenyan. They are Kenyan. Who says? Who determines uh, the, what is we evolved? Well, I think I'd have to do some research and find so out from the evolved. record store so whether evolved. these pictures are of, 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 no, of Kenyan no. gentlemen. Oh, they are. I all think that maybe they're Jamaican. No, maybe they're Every, white British. They're not Kenyan. Everybody advertising. We have enough talent in this market for everybody to be Kenyan. So I think what confuses you is that okay, people want to have the lovely long locks. Or you know, and and things like that, and they want the so hair we're all going and everything. So we into sort of Lupita Nyong'o braids so, versus non braids. So here is the braids thing. now. So here's the thing. For yes. a long time, I was in a business that was doing both hair and all the beauty stuff and everything else, and a lot of Africans actually moved back to natural hair. Now, when you see people doing that, there's two incentives. Yes, there's a beauty incentives. I want to have this because. For whatever aspects it makes me, as African women, we change our hair. We are fortunate that we can change our hair. Very, yeah, but very we're, often. we're wearing wigs every day. Yes, but we can change it we, when we remove the wig. We've got cornrows, right? So we have the cornrows <laughs> below that wig. That, so it that, is that, a versatility. <laughs> it's the versatility that we have. Now you try and manage. You're lucky you don't have hair. Yes. You're Extremely. very lucky, and mm. you're very lucky also. Cost effective. You, you never had daughters. Yes. So, <laughs> if you did, you'd understand that managing <laughs> African <laughs> hair is an absolute nightmare. So, if you are looking, if you find solutions, relaxers, all these things that allow you to manage your hair, it is fine. But in the same way, we also like our natural. How many people now have gone for the natural look? My hair is all natural. These are sister locks. You lock them, they stay that way, which is, was a style um, that Africans did for years, you know, for 100 years. So I think, yes, one could say we're trying to look like white people, but I would say we are trying to increase our versatility. That's a positive outlook I'd like to use. Right. Um, um, yeah. Well, yeah, I don't, think, you know, the, <laughs> I don't think the aim of our encounters is for us to argue for the next 20 minutes. I'm just raising <laughs> what comes to, to mind. With regard to men, yeah. um, being one myself, yeah. I also feel this huge a, urge to be uh, the macho man. The macho man is the one who's being put to, across to me through advertising. Uh-huh. He almost invariably has a, a beard, um, or something. He obviously has got a six-pack. Um, ah. 
Uh, in the ads, maybe we're reading the, the Sunday Which Nation. Ad? Which I, I, ad? I, I, Give me one. Give me one. And no, I'll well, tell you thing, why. And thing, I'll tell the, you why I'm saying. The reason I won't is that part of the plan is, <laughs> not, never to, mentioned is, any. is, is not to name names and, and, and give some free advertising for the people we don't want to be seen. Okay. Can I'm I? Talk, no, let's be slightly more philosophical. The idea of an image of an image. Yeah. Would my grandpa, let's go back that far, yeah. identify with the image of the African male, which is being portrayed through so, daily advertising. So let, let me or yours, if you've got yeah, one. Let me, let, me give you, let me give you two arguments. Yes. First, I've told you, when women wear wigs, do all the, they're protective things. Because our hair is difficult, it's complex to manage, you're, you're, you're using whatever means. Those wigs, some are straight, some are afro, some are braids. You know, they're not always straight, right? So I've, I've parked that um, argument. There's a degree of versatility. There's a degree of protectiveness that we're doing. Now, when you talk about these men, you say or you claim are macho. Those, all those things, if anything, people argue the exact opposite. They say these are metrosexual men. Those are not real Africa. But what is all this, the gloss and the care and the mafuta that has been put on all those um, beards, the, the nails manicured and everything? There's nothing um, macho about that. I think what's happened in the world is that people have accepted that it is okay to want to look after yourself. Whether you're male, whether you're female, it's okay. Having a great body, working out, doing whatever, it's okay for you to do that. And that presentation then is up to anybody to figure, you know, whether it's something they aspire to, something they like or whether they don't like. And I think for me, that's the way um, that is my view on it. Sure, there will always be the, for many years we had women sitting on a car to sell it. Nobody sat down and said, that's really, really sexist. I mean, why should you have a woman sitting on a car? To sell it. What, right. what is the point? What right. functional benefit are you selling right. in that particular car? So it's the same argument now. I sit down and say, you know, the visuals that are presented are the ones that people might feel are appealing and might look good and are easy on the eye in order to make sure it becomes aspirational. Time for a break. Asante, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Dada, uh, let's go again to, again, me just thinking aloud. Uh, you said uh, you have daughters. Mm -hmm. uh, the idea now of our country being very young, the demographic mm. Kenyans are always um, all under 35. Mm. Again, let me take you to the image way back when mm. somebody comes along and they say all these natives, they're up in the trees, they're stark naked. Mm. Uh, we've got to educate them and clothe them and... Mm -hmm. uh, give them a religion and um, it's all too primitive. We move forward to 2023 mm. and uh, our daughters now want to display the same amount of flesh, if not more, as their grandmothers did or may have done as an attribute of sexiness. So you've got your leggings, hip-hugging things. So there is a great urge to the sexuality the men, on the other hand, you're saying they must take time to look after themselves. They are also uh, 
quote unquote behaving in a manner I, I keep on evoking the poor dear that would have offend my uh, my grandma if she were to come to church. I think advertising and images on film and Hollywood are highly responsible for these constructs. What would you say? <laughs> you know, we could have a real argument on this one. Well, it's not an argument. I'm asking about your view. Uh, that's what I'm that's you. a different. I'm asking about your okay, view. We haven't started arguing yet. Okay, we, 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 we could. Yes. We could get there, but I know you're a gentleman, so you won't, and we don't have the time. Yeah. So here's the thing. Here we were as a people, yes. very happy the way we were. I remember as a child walking in Mombasa, the women would tie the shuka, the Griyama women, remember? Enhance their butt a little bit, cushioned, have a kanga round, and their breasts were out. And nobody thought two things about it. It was okay. It's the way we were, it was our culture. Then somewhere along the way, we're told we need to cover up, cover up, cover up, right? So what did we do? We covered up. Because a new person decided covering up is the way it's supposed to be. Who was that person who decided covering up is, is the way it's supposed to be? Was it us? Was it some foreigner? Who is it who determined that it is not right for you, whether it's your tradition or not, to wander around uncovered? So our thought process was changed by somebody who we thought was more superior or whatever it is we, we bought that. Come enter today. We want to go back. Yeah, to being covered, uncovered, whatever Because that self-same person is uncovered. So the same, and that self-same person is no longer going to so church. So here we are. Exactly. Yes. So exactly. we sit here. We believe somebody who said, because to go to church, you have to cover up. So we covered up. That same person stopped going to church, uncovered. Uncovered. And now when we uncover, we're cursing ourselves for uncovering. And I sit down and say, now who's to blame here? Right. <laughs> Who'd right. we blame? Who'd we blame so, for, so for that particular thing? you would thing? say that we're going in the right direction to sort of end up in a restaurant I, with uh, our rear, you know, some kind of embroidery that makes our... Listen, uh, our, yes. I am not going to judge anybody and say, you know, what you choose and what you don't choose. You know, people are comfortable. But I that, think that, we're, that, we're getting we're, to we're a being, place. We're being prescriptive as a society in so no, many other no, areas. No, no, we're no. telling people because we are Africans, because we're Kenyan. You hear this but whole it's not sort African. Of, yes, but right, this is global. This right. is the way everybody looks, whether you're Kenyan, whether you're... In, you know, you're Asian, whether you're American, you're whatever. The world is but converging. If, if there is a prescription, it's converging. If there is a prescription, like right next door, yeah. in Uganda, yes. attitudes to you know um, uh, homosexuality and the like. Yeah, it's it's in the name of Africanity. So where do we stand in this big debate? Where where the enlightened ones were going going global? Pardon me for. I I think. And, and this is where the controversial conversation and the, 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 the viewpoints come in. I think we're now at a place, we're at a place and we're at a crossroad. Who, who is it? Was it with you where we said we think the world is ending? Yes, yes, when we're having tea before <laughs> when we had tea, we and said I the gave world you is my, pers my personal philosophy. <laughs> and, and, the world and, is and, coming to an the end. The world is coming to an end in some form. And I think what's happened is we've done full circle. And now we're in that turmoil. It's like a machine when you've thrown all the clothes in and, you know, you, you, you haven't turned it on. And now we've turned it on and it's swirling and it hasn't stopped. And as it swirls, we don't know what's going to come out clean, what's going to come out straight, what isn't going to come out. Because, unfortunately, there's an aspect of our traditions 
There is the aspect of that we're caught in this new world and what it is. And we're not necessarily clear who and what we want to prescribe to. Because whatever you do, you're going to be called a hypocrite. Whatever you do, you're going to be a hypocrite. Because if you sit down and say, cover up, you know, your bust, you shouldn't show your bust. Somebody's going to say, but your grandmother, great grandmothers, they had no big deal. It was not an issue you did. How just until the other day, if you were breastfeeding as a woman, you were told to cover up. Why? You know, now we've gone the other way and said, no, actually, we do recognize that is a feeding mechanism. There's nothing to be ashamed about. In fact, encouraging us to do that. So the hypocrisy that comes up with whatever you say is what's going to come up now. Because if you lean on tradition, somebody's going to say, but weren't you telling us do this, do that. If you lean on, on, on modern, you're told, but how could you, you're forgetting your tradition. So I don't know how we're going to come out to the end of this tube, to be honest. <laughs> right. Time enough for us to yeah. look to the future. Mm. And again, this idea of competition to traditional advertising, even as it evolves. Mm. And again, uh, I'm of my generation. I do go on to YouTube and Facebook and I twiddle about and there's a gentleman who is teaching everybody how to cook. Yeah. And he says, chop, chop, chop onions, yeah. put yeah. them in the fridge. Yeah. Vinegar, I love those. Yeah, yeah, I uh, love those. And then there's somebody else who's doing this and doing this. Uh, isn't, is, adver is traditional advertising on the way to death, the tomb, burial, quisha maneno. Oh, yes. It is. Yeah. So yeah. you'll be out of a job soon. No, 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 no. We, 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 uh, we transition Tra and, and transform. Okay. So The how, biggest uh, space for us now is technology. Right. And how? And uh, technology supporting advertising. And where's so, the professionalism in all this? Sorry, we don't have that much time, so I'm sort of like badgering you. No, where's, the, where's the professionalism in all What is professional? This? What do you mean professional? In, in you knowing more than, you know, uh, my it? kids. That is it. My kids do. Why should I come to you as you're opposed gonna, to... You're going to come to me because I'm going to optimize. I know how to optimize data so that whatever it is you're communicating hits the right spot. That is what you're coming for me to, to me to do for you. I'm also going to help you figure out who is a person who, when they are speaking to your product, right? When they're speaking, there's more credibility. When it comes to media buying, I am going to optimize how you buy efficiently across all those digital platforms to make sure that ad of yours gets seen and has, has the highest engagement. That is the future. So some of the platforms and the technology that we are deploying now as we try and transition to a technology creative company is that they do exactly that. If, if I am trying to sell, I am an institution and I need to sell insurance, banking product to you. You can't spend your time fiddling and having people making phone calls. I could put something in the system that understands where do your consumers look for? What are the products? What are they lacking? And therefore give you a lead that allows you then to develop that product. That is the future of advertising, right? Thank you. I, I'm going to think about it um, <laughs> deeply uh, uh, before uh, I go to sleep. Yeah. Um, and I think it's probably time now, Dada, for you to reveal, who are you? Oh, is that the time? Mm -hmm. Okay. I am Patricia. I'm Patricia Ithau. Patricia Ithau. And how would you describe yourself professionally? We've said that you're 
one of the cognoscenti. <laughs> I would describe myself as um, um, someone who at the moment is running um, one of the leading um, creativity, communication, media and influence um, agencies in sub-Saharan Africa. That's what I'm doing right now. That's my current right. day job. Yeah. Right. Well, what at this point, as we draw to a close, we, we think again about um, young listeners, mm-hmm. uh, quintessentially young demographic of listeners. And we try, I try, not mm-hmm. we, to get our guest, our mystery guest, now revealed as Patricia Idao, uh, group CEO of a major, major advertising and PR concern. What was the road? What was your sort of... Um, Kip, Eliud Kipchoge. If people want to be you, what did you do? When did you decide uh, this is what you wanted to do? Very young, probably. Mm. I think um, I always tell people when I was very young, I used to look at a newspaper and um, I'd see all these. In those days when um, companies were announcing their results, they'll stick their results and they'll put all the photos of all the directors. It's still very vivid to mm. me. And it was black and white, of course, because newspapers were black and white. And it was always all these men, 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 many. And they all looked old. But you know, when you're 10, yes. anybody over 20s is ancient. Exactly. So, um, but they were all old. I think they were genuinely old. And um, I sit down and I used to ask myself, why is it? How come there are no women? How, why is it there are no women? And the other thing is, not many of them, there was always a mix, white and black. And I just didn't get it. And so I think that's where the seed was born. Um, that That's one place I wanted to be, grow in the corporate, from a corporate space and try and, and uh, chart a path in, in the corporate world. And, and that's what I did. And um, I've yeah. had great experiences in great companies. I've been fortunate enough to work in um, some amazing organizations which have given me, where I've cut my teeth and have given me um, a lot of experience, a lot of exposure. And um, I think I'll always be grateful for that. I'd like to ask, again, imagine um, schools, uh, this is a careers day and we'll have a free careers day advertising here. What kind of educational uh, milestones so there you are at school you do your o levels you do your a levels mm-hmm. it's time to go to university mm-hmm. uh what did you study to set you up to do <laughs> what you did surprisingly i wanted to do law mm-hmm. and i even worked at a law firm mm-hmm. before i went to university but after my since in law firm i realized that ah, maybe not pace enough and then so i went on to do a battle of commerce degree Okay, yeah, so a yeah. BCom. Yes, that's yeah. what I did. And then I did a master's thereafter in strategic management and I've done a number of executive education programs. Would you would you sort of counsel this idea of uh, getting a job, working at it, and then adding to your academic store? I think or do you just go straight ahead and be a PhD by the time you're 13? No, I think you need the experience. I've got two two daughters now who went right. to very good universities. Yes. And um, the older one who's more cut out to the business side, part of it, she's done her degree, and she's very clear. She really needs to cut her teeth, build her base and everything else before she actually goes to do her masters. And she'll learn more. she add a lot more value and you know she could also you know take out a lot more from that perspective i'm of the view that you know you do need to go and do stuff try whatever it is, is and then mm, park and then mm. you know chart your way in, in into the direction that you want to and secondly the path is not straight anymore right yeah, yeah. 
are you the for specialization mm -hmm. or are you a renaissance person you can ride horses run I'm a renaissance I'm a race and I think probably because I suffer from yes. undiagnosed HDHD or something but yeah. I am very clearly I am somebody who believes you should be versatile um, and be you able should to do be anything. agile you should mm. be agile you should not be you know this bound you know just relax be yes and um that's actually the biggest thing that I coach people when I do is just learn to be. Yeah. It is uh, 19 hours, 29 minutes and 20 seconds just passed. And it's time to stop. So do continue to give us feedback, hopefully positive and reassuring on the Twitter handle at capital FM Kenya or drop us a text or WhatsApp message on 0701 I've been talking to Patricia Ithau, CEO of a leading advertising, communication and PR agency in Sub-Sahara Africa. And I hope, as usual, you've been listening to John Sibyokum on Wednesday. Thank you most kindly for doing that. Very much obliged. Until next time.